Cancer Advances, a Cleveland Clinic podcast for medical professionals, exploring the latest innovative research and clinical advances in the field of oncology. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cancer Advances. I'm your host, Dr. Dale Shepard, a medical oncologist here at Cleveland Clinic, overseeing our TOSIG Phase 1 and sarcoma programs. Today, I'm happy to be joined by Dr. Fayez Anwar, who leads our transplant and T-cell activities for myeloma at Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Anwar is here today to talk to us about CAR T-cell therapy for multiple myeloma. So, welcome, Fayez. Well, thank you, Dr. Shepard, for the opportunity, and I'm really pleased to be here. Absolutely. So, maybe uh, to start, give us a little bit of an idea what you do here at Cleveland Clinic. So, I'm a staff physician, work with the multiple myeloma group, and we have a very unique arrangement here where our primary myeloma physician who are well-trained in the bone marrow transplant and cellular therapy, they actually function as the bone marrow transplant physicians. So we are a a group of six physicians, but three of us can also do bone marrow transplant and cellular therapy. And I find that this is a a unique and and a better arrangement for patients who come for the treatment and especially for transplant cellular therapy. Because as a myeloma physician, we can assess patients who are truly candidate can benefit from this treatment. We can also assess them whether or not these patients have additional therapies available before they can proceed to these therapies. And after the treatment, that's where we just do not stop our relationship with the patients. We continue to be available to the referring physicians. We continue to be available to the patients and their families. And we individualize their maintenance therapies. And we also get involved when after a certain treatment, if the disease come back and disease relapse, we get involved in identifying what will be the best next line of therapy. If there's a clinical trial available, then we can also facilitate that process. That's excellent. So, so we're going to focus primarily on CAR T cell therapies. And actually, Dr. Betty Hamilton had a previous episode of the Cancer Advances podcast, and she kind of talked about CAR T therapies, so people can go back and listen to that. But kind of as an as an overview, just give us a brief idea: what is CAR T cell therapies, and how are those currently being used in things other than than myeloma? And we'll talk about myeloma here in a bit. So CAR-T therapy is very different from the usual chemotherapy which we had available before. CAR-T therapy is an immunotherapy. It's in a a therapy where we collect patients on infection-fighting, predominantly infection-fighting T-cells, which are immune cells, and in the lab inject a piece of a DNA material, and through that genetic engineering process convert a predominantly infection-fighting cell into a cancer-fighting cell. And then these cancer-fighting cells can identify a target, and so they can hunt and and destroy the cancer cells in the body. And they are sort of a living chemotherapy treatment in your own body, which can persist in your body for a long period, for many months, and keep on finding the cancer and keep on killing it. So from that standpoint, it's a very different, unique approach how we can now uh, fight against cancers. And for multiple myeloma, we have now two different products which are FDA-approved and commercially available for use. All right. So, let's yeah, let's go ahead and switch gears to, to multiple myeloma. Now, you've, you've certainly been involved in some of the research that led to, to these therapies. So, tell us a little bit about the origins of that and, and some of the work you've done. So, we are involved in a, a novel T-cell development through a multi-phase, it's a multi-institute collaboration on a phase one clinical trial. 
where instead of taking autologous T-cells which come from the patient, these allogenic T-cells come from a healthy donor and these T-cells are modified in the lab and they are, so to speak, off-the-shelf ready T-cells for the treatment of multiple myeloma. So we are involved in this uh, phase one drug development trial on an ongoing basis and so far 42 patients have been treated and the latest data was uh, reported and updated in the American Society of Hematology meeting back in 2021. And so of the initial patients that, that were studied, any early word on, on outcomes and how well people are doing? Right. So based on the uh, updated reports, we reported that patients have now uh, shown good responses to the treatment. More than 60% of the patients are responding to this particular CAR T cell. And they are responding very quickly within first two weeks of therapy. And patients who respond, their responses are lasting for many, many months, uh, up to eight months. And many patients are able to achieve deep responses. Up to 40% of the patients are able to achieve very good partial response or a complete response. And those patients who actually have these deeper responses can achieve what we call a minimal residual disease negative status, which truly indicate that the disease is under very well control. And remind me, the patients that are being studied, these are pre-treated patients. So these are patients who have already had some other therapies. Tell me about that. Yeah. At this point, these are patients who are refractory to many other therapies. So in this particular study, these patients were heavily treated somewhere between three prior lines therapy all the way up to 11 prior lines of therapy. So these are truly refractory, heavily pretreated patients. And despite all that, they are responding very nicely to this intervention. Yeah, so it makes that even more impressive that you get 60%. So right. um, I've pointed out to some of your colleagues that as a solid tumor oncologist, I'm very jealous. And I think uh, the, the development in the CAR-T for the solid tumor is also progressing. Of course, the initial success we're seeing in the hematological cancers, but I anticipate that we'll continue to develop these products further and hopefully one day we'll see similar good outcome for other cancers. I do get asked frequently about CAR-T therapies and, and solid tumors, and, and as you mentioned, we're, we're much further behind. Um, remind us why that's, that's true. Why, why have we had much better success in hematologic malignancies and solid tumors? I think so far we have a success with two targets. One is CD19, which is predominantly present on the B cell. So there's a host of these B cell related cancers, including diffuse large B cell lymphomas, follicular lymphomas, B cell leukemias, mantle cell lymphomas. And in multiple myeloma, we have a target which is called BCMA. So, so far these targets are are unique, they are selective, and they are working in a sense that the CAR-Ts are highly effective. But as we develop additional targets for other diseases, I hope that we'll have similar success in other cancers as well. So a lot of the, a lot of the lack of benefit in solid tumors not having a uniform target. That's correct. Gotcha. Let's put this back in perspective. The 60% response, heavily treated patients, they, they have failed prior lines of therapy, but oftentimes patients might get a response and then fail. How does that compare if, if a patient, instead of going on a trial like this, would have gone to a more traditional therapy? What would you have told a patient would be a, an expected response? So somebody who's heavily pretreated and received five, six, or seven therapies, typically we expect that they will be responding to any intervention between three to six months. 
So to expect uh, responses in a large number of patients and to expect that these responses last for a longer duration, this is actually very exciting and unique for the CAR-T therapy. Typically, if a patient responds to a prior therapy and it lasts for one year, the next line of therapy typically gives you 50% of the duration. The phase one trial you talked about, that's with uh, an allogeneic CAR-T cell. There are a couple of therapies that are available commercially. How do these compare? They're autologous. Um, and then are they in a similar setting in terms of refractory disease? Right. So currently we have access to two autologous CAR T cell for the refractory multiple myeloma. The product which got approval first last year was the ABECMA, which is a BCMA targeting autologous T cell for multiple myeloma. These patients need to be refractory. They should have exposure to at least three prior lines of therapy, and they should have exposure to at least three different classes of drugs, which include immunomodulatory drugs, proteasome inhibitors, and an antibody targeting CD38. So most of the patients who got treatment, they were refractory to these three uh, main drugs, which are currently used for the myeloma treatment. The new product called Carvetti is also an autologous T-cell. It targets the same uh, target, which is called BCMA. Uh, so the current FDA approval is for the relapse and refractive multiple myeloma. There are trials which are now looking at how we can move these CAR T-cell treatment to the more frontline setting. But those trials are either in the design phase or they are uh, early in the development phase. I mean, does it seem like this might be something that we can shift a lot of these therapies earlier if these trials are successful? And, and how might things like transplant sort of fall in line with these kind of newer therapies? So I think if the data continue to support the use of uh, T-cells in the frontline setting, it is possible that in the future, we may not be doing transplant at least for a majority of the patients because transplant relies on old-fashioned alkylator heavy-dose chemotherapy which has a lot of regimen-related toxicity. And if we can avoid that with the help of a more targeted approach, then uh, that's where the future is. Certainly when you think about transplants, there are certain patient factors that might make patients more or less eligible for transplants. I guess when we think about CAR T cell therapies, either the allogeneic or the, auto, uh, the autologous, um, are there particular patient factors that that come into consideration in terms of who might be a candidate? That is a good question. So on one hand, we are very excited about how effective the CAR-T therapies are, but we are also aware that these CAR-T treatments are costly and they are still toxic. There's a long list of toxicities which we need to consider before we can make a decision whether or not patient will benefit from CAR-T. It is true that there is a possibility a particular patient may not be eligible for high-dose chemotherapy and autologous stem cell transplantation, but may be very well eligible to receive a CAR-T-based treatment. And so when we talk about toxicity, certainly with the early CAR-T therapies, the, uh, the autologous therapies, concerns about cytokine release syndromes and CNS effects, and are there differences that we see with the allogeneic in terms of toxicity profiles? So there are some similarities and there's some differences um, because the data is limited um, and the follow-up data is also short at this time for the allogenic CAR-T. 
uh, and we'll continue to monitor for any additional infection risk because how an allogenic CAR-T is different from an autologous CAR-T is these patients receive more immunosuppressive therapy in addition to receiving the usual lymphodepleting chemotherapy using cyclophosphamide and fludarabine, they also receive another experimental antibody which depletes their native T cells. And that potentially can make them more immunocompromised. So we are continuing to observe these uh, patients for any additional risk for infections. So just from a strictly a logistic standpoint, autologous CAR T cells you have to send off, have engineered, reintroduce into patients. What's the difference from a logistic standpoint, from a time standpoint? You have someone who shows up in your clinic, they need a treatment. How long until you can effectively give a therapy in each situation? So in the current trial, these patients were able to receive their lymphodepleting therapy from the enrollment within five days of enrollment. And that means that the product is already available. We just need to do initial screening and eligibility criteria is met, and these patients can be treated. So the allogenic CAR-T overcome a lot of challenges, of logistic challenges, which currently patients are facing. So the vein to vein time will be less. In this case, the cells are already prepared. There is a possibility that patients can receive multiple infusions because with the current autologous CAR-T, patients have to collect every time the new CAR-T is produced. So if these T cells, which are allergenic and available, can be infused again if the CAR-T run out from the system and patients need an additional infusion, so that is also possible. So when we, uh, we think about these, these kinds of treatments, where are the biggest gaps? Do you think it's managing toxicity or targets or efficacy? Where, where, where are going to be the next big strides? I think these are our very important factors. So we need to individually look at all these factors. So why a CAR-T therapy fail at this time? There are multiple factors for that. One could be that the T cells are not effective enough. So we need to look at the additional targets and possibility of using two target or three target either simultaneously or in a sequential manner. We need to look at that. We also need to look at how long these cells can persist and try to enhance that duration so these cells can stay in the body. We can also work on enhancing the targets so they are more visible to the T cells. So one approach is the use of a novel small molecular inhibitor called narrogastat, which can enhance the BCMA target and hence enhance the efficacy of the T cells. So all these factors are very important. We are also using CAR-T as a single treatment. So there could be a possibility of combining these T cells with additional therapies, such as immunomodulators, such as different antibodies, we can also use additional biologics for the control of myeloma and enhance the anti-myeloma efficacy for these CAR T cells. Seems reasonable. You, you realize that, I guess, in most cases, we, we have a series of treatments for most cancers, and or we use combinations, whereas here we're talking about a treatment. Seems like a, a very reasonable thing. Logistically, these sound complex. So we have a wide range of people that might be listening in. How easy is it for patients to get access to these treatments? Well, I would suggest that the first step should be that the patient should come and see a physician who can evaluate them whether or not this CAR-T therapy is suitable for them. And once the suitability is established, 
Then we have a team of uh, team of BMT uh, providers which get involved into the care and, and determine uh, how quickly this patient need to be treated and, and make arrangement for the T-cell treatment. Makes sense. So we've kind of focused on CAR-T therapies. Is, is there any other category of, of therapies that you find particularly interesting as we move forward in treating this disease? So fortunately, I practice um, in myeloma where a lot of uh, new drug development is happening. We are very excited about the possibility of now use bispecific antibodies, which can use your native uh, T cells in your own body and direct them against the cancer. So it is very exciting that we have now uh, drug development happening in that space. In addition, there are third and fourth generation of immunomodulatory drugs, which are being developed for the treatment of multiple myeloma. I just want to add, having the possibility that our patients can return to their usual life, enjoy good quality life where they can be active, free of active disease, and engage in daily activities that normal individuals is personally very exciting and a big motivation to work in myeloma. Thank you. So lots of exciting things going on. That's true. Well, I appreciate all of your insight. Thanks for being with us. Well, it was a pleasure. Thank you again for the opportunity. To make a direct online referral to our Tossic Cancer Institute, complete our online cancer patient referral form by visiting clevelandclinic.org slash cancer patient referrals. You will receive confirmation once the appointment is scheduled. This concludes this episode of Cancer Advances. You will find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org slash canceradvancespodcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, you can access real-time updates from Cleveland Clinic's Cancer Center experts on our ConsultQD website at consultqd.clevelandclinic.org slash cancer. Thank you for listening. Please join us again soon.